Good morning. Are we all okay? I feel like I can't see you. Lights. Raise it up a little bit. Let's have a... I need to see who I'm speaking to. There we go. I want to tell you a story this morning. And this story is of three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were Hebrews who'd been taken captive and they found themselves in a place called Babylon. And that was being ruled by a king called Nebuchadnezzar. I'm so glad I said that right. These guys, these three men were so wise. They were the type of guys that like smashed their A-levels. Like they didn't need to revise. They were, do you know all those people that don't need to revise and then they just go in and smash a test? We all know someone like that. But they were so wise, and they got in the king's good books. And over time, they were promoted to be the king's advisors. Later on in the story, King Nebuchadnezzar builds a gigantic statue. It says that it was 90 feet high and only 9 feet wide, which is a really random shape to build. But he commanded that at the sound, when music started playing, that everybody would fall down and worship this statue. If anyone didn't obey, then they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. It is kind of like the opposite to musical bumps, but with a totally dramatic and brutal punishment if you're out. So imagine this, everyone is there, they're in that moment, the music starts playing, everybody falls to their knees, apart from three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What happens next, I hear you ask? Well, they get snitched on. Boo. There are so many people that run back to the king and they cannot wait to snitch on these three guys that didn't do what everybody else did. The king is confused, he's angry, he asks to see them and speak to them. The king asks them, is this true? In a moment of confrontation, pressure and severe consequences, the men have a choice. What on earth do they say in this situation? We're going to read straight from scripture what the three guys said. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Wow, what a moment. That is like the blockbuster moment in a film, isn't it? The king is seething. He is furious. He is kicking off. He is doing, he's just mad. He is like smashing wooden boards with his knees because he's fuming. And it, because of that, he orders the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. And the three men are thrown into the fire. Surrounded by the flames, the three men stand together. The king is looking, he's believing that some of his wisest men are about to be put to death. But wait, he sees them standing, he sees them alive, and he sees what looks like another figure standing alongside them. They walk out of the fire, saved 
unscathed, not a burn or a smell of smoke attached to them. And then King Nebuchadnezzar praises, but this time he's not praising his statue or anything that he's built or anything in his kingdom, but actually he praises the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Isn't that a good story? That's a true story that we can read in the Bible. I could just get down, but I'm going to carry on, so you have to bear with me. And even if attitude... Do you have an even if attitude? I want us to pause this morning and focus on that passage, that speech that the three guys made. It's been something that stood out to me a few years back now. And do you know when you're reading something fresh and it jumps off the page and you're like, whoa. And I remember journaling about it and writing and praying to God and saying, God, please give me that even if attitude. I want to have an even if attitude. So today, I want us to look a little bit and look at a bit deeper and look at three even if moments that can help mould us and shape us into a group of believers, a family, a church that seek to have an even if attitude. So an even if attitude says one, even if you are standing alone. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had a moment where they had to make a decision. Everyone around them was conforming, but actually they had to decide whether to conform or whether to stand out. There were some experiments done in the 1950s by a man named Solomon Ash. And he looks into the, this idea of conformity and looks at when humans are placed in a situation that's around them, whether they are more or less likely to conform. And he set up an experiment where a group of people would be in a room and they'd be asked a very simple question. And you can put that first picture up, Johnny, if you've got it. So they're asked a very simple question. They're asked to look at the target line on the left and say which line it most corresponds to on the right. Seems pretty simple. I mean, some of you are like, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) It seems pretty simple, doesn't it? So he gets these group of people in a room, and everybody is in on it, and is asked to say like a completely wrong answer. They're told that you have got to say whatever line it is, that, and it's got to be completely wrong. He puts one other person in on the experiment with them, and they don't have a clue. They are just simply faced with this question. And these were the results. On average, 32% of people went along with the wrong answer. Every single time. And over 12 different trials, 75% of people conformed at least once. And then Solomon also had this control group of just people that were just coming in. They didn't have a clue what was going on and they just got asked this question. Less than 1% gave the wrong answer. What's interesting is that when he questioned these people afterwards... The the people that conformed said that they didn't actually believe that their answer was right. But they went along out of fear. And this led him to conclude that conformity of people is usually out of pressure, is usually out of fear, and out of the shame that comes from being wrong.
put that down. Thanks, Johnny. Have you had moments when conformity seems like the only option? Have you been in situations in your faith where you feel completely alone? Is there a time when you felt that pressure? It's not easy and there's been moments in my journey where it's been easier for me to not say something. It's been easier for me to just keep quiet. And there's been moments when I've felt alone in my walk with God and everyone else is doing one thing and I've been feeling like I should be doing another. It's not easy. But I think that it can be so much easier to slip into that attitude of conformity when Jesus isn't the sole focus of our worship. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew, they knew, they knew, they knew that God was at the center of their lives. So he wasn't to be moved from that rightful place. So that if anything came to question that, if anything came to knock them off that path, if anything came to challenge it and pressure it, that they knew that their God in their lives wasn't to be moved. And even if attitude says that even if I am standing alone, it is because my God is at the center of my world and I'm rooted in him. I was listening to someone preaching recently and it said, and they said, if God is not our sole focus in worship and the sole focus of our hearts, then that means that something else has taken its place. It's one of those moments when you're listening to it and you're like, oh, that's really good, but it's really challenging. That gold statue had taken the place of all of those people that bowed down in that moment. That had taken a place in their heart. And I was reading a little bit around this and one writer described this tension and a confusion between creation and the creator. That he was saying that idol worship is when a person takes a bit of created matter and they say, you are the most important thing to me. We see this all the time in our lives, don't we? Things that can then become our sole purpose. And there are parts of creation, not the creator. We see it, it could be our job, our finances, possessions, TikTok, sports teams. Let's not be confused and worship creation in that sense, but worship the creator, God. Because, church, we are called to be set apart, aren't we? In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Even if you are standing alone, you are standing on a solid foundation and you've been called to be set apart to serve God and not man, because we live for Jesus. And I just wanted to encourage some of you this morning that may be feeling alone. Maybe it's within your own family. Maybe it's in your workplace. In whatever arena of your life, there can be times when we feel alone in that faith. But know that in your standing alone, that you are never alone. There's some amazing promises from God 
that can help us in this. And it's, there's a couple, Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Matthew 28, 20. Jesus himself says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So an even if attitude says one, even if you are standing alone, and two, even if you are surrounded by the flames. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into the fire. It was heated seven times hotter than usual. They were engulfed by the flames and they completely surrounded them. I don't know if you do this, but I always have to remind myself when I'm reading the Bible that the people going through it didn't know what was going to come next. We can like read on and skip a few, like it takes us a couple of seconds to figure out what happened at the end. But actually, I have to constantly remind myself that these people were in it at that moment and they didn't know what was going to happen. They, it was real, it was happening to them. I want to show you a picture of our little boy He's going to come up on the screens. He's actually coming up to one, which is crazy. But this is him. I think he's only a couple of weeks old on this photo. Oh, so cute. (laughs) So he is coming up to one. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how I found it in the first few weeks and months of having Hudson. On paper, like my birth and labour was like standard, like textbook, it was fine. But inside and coming home, I was completely and utterly overwhelmed. I felt for the first few weeks and months an uncontrollable anxiety throughout most of the day. I'd catch myself just constantly bringing myself to tears. I'd worry, I'd feel like I wasn't up to the job. And then in turn, it'd make me feel guilty and I'd be looking at Hudson and thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing good enough. I'm not doing it well enough. And at the time as well, we also suffered a lot of loss in our family. And that added to a whole other mix of emotions that were going on in my head and for our family too. And I remember coming to church for the first time afterwards and um, I sat, I've never done this before, and I sat right at the back over there. I've never sat in that place before in my life. And I remember holding Hudson in my arms, and I felt totally overwhelmed. The flames were well and truly around me in all different directions. I didn't know what to do, and I felt that everything was way too much. All I remember throughout that time All I used to do was just speak out to God all the time, exactly what I was feeling, exactly what I was thinking, and I'd speak to him daily, and I'd ask him to help me, to really help me with what I was feeling, and to be with me. And I can't tell you that anything truly miraculous happened, like in a split second and a moment, but over the next few weeks and months, God was able to quiet the voices and I knew, I knew that God had carried us through it all. Have you ever been surrounded by the flames? What do you do in the fire? Are you someone who would stand or are you someone who would walk away? 
When I was reading around this, one commentary said that biblical faith enables us to stand firm when we stand before the fiery trials of life. Biblical faith, that's important. Not just any blind faith or a belief system, but biblical faith rooted in God. That's the solid rock that in desperate times comes through in times of need. Something that has always baffled me, and I feel like you're going to think I'm really weird, but I'm going to get you on board with this. (laughs) It sounds ridiculous, but traveling in a car blows my mind. (laughs) And if you're online, you may be more on board with me than in here. They're not giving me much. When you're traveling down a motorway and you're going at 70 miles an hour, you're going 70 miles an hour... And a bird could come, or if someone was run beside the car, if someone was to run beside it, they would be running at 70 miles per hour, but yet you're in the car completely still, and you're like, does this not blow anyone else's mind? Everyone's like, whoa. I'm sure someone will have a really amazing scientific explanation for this, but I find it really baffling. So you could be going through storms, you could be going through anything, and yet we just sit in the middle and we don't move, and we're unchanged, and that really baffles me. No, I'm the only one. Put it on the chat if you feel the same as me. (laughs) But an even if attitude says that even when you're surrounded by, by the flames and circumstances change all the time, and it can feel overwhelming, it can feel stormy, and everything is going on around you, that actually your position of faith and your view of God, who God is remains the same. Brilliant. We are promised that a life with Jesus isn't always easy. But through all of the ups and downs, we will be a people who stand firm in our faith in Jesus. In the chaos, let our focus totally be on him. And when I was looking back at photos to share of Hudson, I came across a a screenshot of something that I'd saved when I was in labour. Like literally it was like day two and I'd saved it on my phone. And it was the verse of the day that came up. And like when I was looking back, I feel like me and God just had a little laugh about it because it was just funny. Um, And it was such a reminder from God of how he really wrapped us in his arms. Even before Hudson was born, God totally had us in the palm of his hand. And it's an incredible passage of scripture that I think can speak life to us and keep us going when we say, even if you are surrounded by the flames. And it's in Isaiah 43 verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That is an incredible promise, isn't it? And notice, I've not noticed this before, but how many times God says through. It's through the waters. It is through the rivers. It's through the fires. That actually, when we go through these moments, that God is there with us. He's our protector. He is our healer. And we have an absolute promise of his presence. So an even if attitude says, one, even if you're standing alone, 
Two, even if you're surrounded by the flames. And finally, three, even if it doesn't go the way you thought. This is where it gets really tough. I'm sorry for doing this in the summer holidays, but... We know from the story of the three men that what, like, what happens at the end is incredible, isn't it? It's this incredible story, and we know that our God is so able. We do. We saw that at, right at the start, that God is a miracle-working God, and he is incredibly able. But we have to journey back to their statements where they say, even if he does not. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They were so at peace and confident in saying out loud, even if he doesn't. We won't waver, we won't change our hearts, and it will not change our thoughts on our God. This is like the real deal moment where the rubber hits the road, the tough question of, do you have an even if attitude? Even if things don't go the way that we thought they would, even if we're faced with incredible challenges, even if we're praying for something and it seems like the opposite happens, even if our worlds are turned upside down. Do you have an even if attitude to say, I trust you God and I'm at peace You are good. It's not easy. There's an incredible passage in Hebrews 11. And the author is listing all of these amazing heroes of the faith. It's like a proper hall of fame of all of these guys that did incredible things and journeyed with God and held the faith. At the end of the passage, there's a few verses from verse 35. And it says this. There were others who were tortured refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. Ouch. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. None of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned together with us, would they be made perfect? What a mention to those people. An incredible example of an even-if attitude. Even if it doesn't go the way you thought, you can keep going, keep walking with him, keep pressing in, knowing that you one day will stand face to face with Jesus and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Some of you will know an amazing member of our church family, Marjorie Marland. And for those of you who don't know, she was Ross's grandma, step-grandma, can I say? Is that a word? Do we use that? grandma-in-law yes (laughs) and she was an incredible woman who had an incredible faith in her Jesus sadly she passed away last year and as the family were looking through some of her belongings they found some amazing notes that she'd written 
I am not joking, these were littered everywhere. They were written on scraps of paper, in books, on the back of address books. Honestly, every little drawer, there was stuff everywhere. And there's just a little note to say that when you live like that and you have an even-if attitude, you leave an incredible legacy behind it. We were touched by all of the things that she'd written down and, and left behind. And me and Ross were looking back at these notes, and there was one poem that stood out, and I thought it'd be really good to share it as we speak about having an even-if attitude in times of things not going quite the way we thought. And it's called Best Friend. It says, when you are sad, I will dry your tears. When you are scared, I will comfort your fears. When you are worried, I will give you hope. When you are confused, I will help you cope. When you are lost and cannot see the light, I shall be your beacon shining ever so bright. This is the God that we can stand firm in. And can give us hopes in those times of absolute confusion and uncertainty. And even if attitude says that even if things don't go the way you thought, God, you are good and my faith in you will not change. And you know, even our Jesus had his own even if moment. In the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that what he was going on to endure, that horrific pain of being on the cross, we see him down on his knees praying to his father. And he says in Matthew 26, 39, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as your will. Jesus, in that moment, completely surrenders. Band, you can come up. He says, not my will, but yours, God. He has, what an incredible example to us of an even if attitude. That in our surrender to God, we say, even if. Not as I will, but your will, God. It's not easy, but if we can position our place, ourselves in a place of surrender to God's will and not our own desires, then we can truly live out an even-if attitude, knowing who he is, knowing the God that we serve, knowing that no works of man or anything, any other created matter can separate us from the immeasurable love that God has for us. So would you stand with me this morning? Let us just take a moment to just stop and examine our hearts. Maybe you want to close your eyes, whatever you need to do in this moment, but make sure you take a moment this morning. Do you have an even if attitude? Even if you are standing alone, even if you are surrounded by the flames, and even if things aren't quite going the way you thought, do you have an even if attitude? There's an opportunity this morning to come forward. Sometimes it's in an action and a movement to actually step out. And take that moment to respond and stand with God 
and say, God, I want to have an even if attitude. Give me an even if attitude. We'd love to stand with you and pray with you. If you're online and you're listening this morning, maybe it's something that you need to do wherever you're at. Maybe it's something that you need to write in the chat and say, I want to have an even if attitude. But don't miss the moment this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, give us an even if attitude. Help us, God, to be a people, a family, a church who put you at the centre of our lives. We want to put down foundations and roots that are so deep that even when life gets messy and circumstances change, that we know that we can say, even if we will remain faithful to you, God. Father God, help us to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, unwavering in trust in you. And God, we know that you are a God who is able. We know that you are a miracle working God and we declare that this morning. But Father, in times where it seems uncertain and confusing, Father God, help us to stay true to you and stand, knowing that you are good, knowing that you are unchanging. We thank you, God, that we have a promise of your presence with us this morning and that you are with us wherever we go. Amen.